Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Films with Ferrara podcast. I'm your host. <laughs> I'm your host, Dominic Ferrara. Uh, why are we so intros? We can't, we can't do an intro or an outro. Why are we so bad? For the life of us. <laughs> oh, this is, what, I, this is why this podcast is wonderful. I wasn't aware we were starting, okay? <laughs> As always, I'm your host, Dominic Ferrara. Joining me, as usual, our senior editor, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. T.J. Blankenship. Hello. <laughs> and, and the whistler himself, one of our staff writers, back from his excursion to the happiest place on earth, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dalton Muller. I'm back and I'm happy and I'm Disney filled. Let's get this on, baby. All right, Lance okay. and Jonah might be joining us later. It's amazing. Oh, God. But uh, yeah. we have a packed show for you guys today. Some big Oof. news. We had a, had a big Marvel story drop this morning. We're going to save that till later because based on our show agenda for today, we actually have a spot to actually like, talk about it, which is cool. Packed. Uh, we've got some Golden Globes predictions coming your way. In all movie categories, that'll be fun. A little bit of trailer talk. We're gonna talk. We're gonna probably very briefly talk Slenderman because I think I, I'm. I hope we all have the same thoughts on this. And then there were a couple of other news pieces. So let's do trailer talk first. Slenderman. Did you guys agree with me that this movie looks horrendous? I need another trailer. Okay. That's what I'm gonna right. say. Uh, like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's crap yet. But the tra- the trailer looked. It was weird because I think the proper description. It looked, it looked, it looked like the ring, like yeah. you know the tape from the ring, how it just showed a whole bunch of weird imagery, and then it's like, the, then it was like Samara coming out of the well and all that. Because right. it reminded me of that. It just didn't look good. like none of the. It, there was some imagery in there that I didn't understand why it was there. Um, it also mm-hmm. feels like an odd kind of PR move by a studio, especially if you know about, like, the real-life Slenderman stabbings in Wisconsin. Very odd move. <sighs> we got statements from all of those mm-hmm. parents this weekend. It was it was really weird. It was weird because, like, the trailer felt like they just flashed a bunch of images uh, in front of us, and there was, like, no genuine flow to the trailer. Like, I couldn't get a genuine sense of what it was trying to and show. And I think the movie is based on those real-life stabbings. So there were... They don't really give away. No, it's based plot. on the game. Yeah, but it seemed like there were like based, shots in. There it's based that on the game and the and the and the and the and the the, the creepy pasta. Looked like there were um, there were shots in there that were alluding to those events, though. Like there were like things that like the yeah. drawings that were very similar to the ones that surfaced in that case. Like it, that, that mm-hmm. might be the content of the movie, and that's not a good look at all. Yeah, like because I. Not I've never been on the Slenderman train. All I know is like some creepy image came out a few years ago. Like some of us, I did. I've two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand nine. I never really read up on the story, and I don't really remember much. So, well, I, the here's here's what I know is that there it was. Um, Slenderman was like a Photoshop contest on a website. Like the goal, which was to create like a paranormal image, mm-hmm. and then, um. They expanded on it later, and people like created like a fan fiction for it. Oh, and did that lead? And then, and then it was, 
and then that led to the game being created, which led to more stuff being created about which it. Which led to actual people getting so. stabbed. Yeah, very wild stuff. Yeah. Pretty sensitive yeah. stuff. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. Pretty sensitive. And the stabbings were pretty recently. Like, it was only, what, four, years, four ago, years ago? Yeah, yeah. Wild story. Mm-hmm. Like 2014, I think. The, the girl that actually did all the stabbing is actually, like, just going to sentencing. Like, in, like soon. So... I'm literally looking it up on Google right now because I'm interested now. <laughs> it's coming up soon. I think they're recommending like forty. Uh, no, they uh, December twenty first, twenty seventeen. Because okay. they were recommending her. she was sentenced to twenty five years in a state mental in- mental. Well, there were two of them. One of them got, I believe, got sentenced to twenty five. I think the other one they're recommending forty years in a mental institution. Because in some of the people, it was something like I was listening to some podcasts and they were saying like. Like, Slenderman was, like, controlling them, or, yeah, like, he was we, showing up in their dreams. Or, yeah, wild stuff. It's, 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 it's a weird. There's documentary about it on HBO, if you have not heard about this. It's really wild. Go on HBO, I'm go. Going, gonna watch I'm going to probably add it to my list one day and watch it. Um, catching up on some Oscar say? movies. But, but the, the thing about the movies that I'm, that I'm actually kind of intrigued about, though, is that there is no real, like, origin or anything for it. All right. So the movie can actually kind of be its own thing, potentially. Like I, I'm potentially, I potentially. Well, but that first trailer, I don't was, either. It, it was very off-putting. It just it, it didn't impress me at all. It was a very weird trailer because it felt like a bunch of very weird, basic horror tropey images. You know, like very low-budget cheap horror trope images. You know what I'm saying? Right. That it that it come out, or it could be like a Bloomhouse thing, like something like Happy Death Day or something like that that comes out. And it's like it's not too bad. Then go see it. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So there you but go. I don't it's know what's going to end up being. Trailer. We uh, seems like we all have pretty similar thoughts. So that's nice. Um, we've got a, a bunch of news dropped today. It was everyone saved their news for today, including one. There's one I want to very very briefly discuss because it, it ventures into TV a little bit, but it's very worth, much worth mentioning. And one that just broke after I sent out the rundown. So first off, the little TV news here. Very important. Animaniacs is coming back. Yeah. It's going to be uh, two-season straight-to-series order over at Hulu starting in 2020. I'm very excited. Hulu is becoming a very great site to go to. Yeah. They're owned by Disney now. And they also also got um, all the rights to the old Animaniacs shows. So every episode of Animaniacs... Pinky in the Brain and Tiny Toon Adventures is now available on Hulu. <laughs> Go binge that now. Um, Very you, important stuff. Uh, do you know if Steven Spielberg is still the showrunner or anything? He's or... still coming back to produce. He's not right, going to be the showrunner, but he will produce. Yes. He's still or, involved. What, whatever he was for the original series, I can't remember. Yeah, very much. It, very much I think he will, so he will still have really? a hand in production. Yes. yes. All right, cool. Yeah, very very good. I think the real That cast... means it will be just as good as the original then. I hope so. Oh, fantastic. Uh, the other one that Cause... just recently broke, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who is, is a chameleon. He's in everything and nothing at the same time. You probably know him best for Atlanta or Get Out. Get Out. He's terrific in both of those. Get Out. Uh, yeah. He has joined the cast of, let me make sure the title's correct, The Girl in the Spider's Web, which is the sequel to Girl with the Dragon Tattoo alongside Claire Foy. They're finally hmm. making a sequel to that? They're making it. It's like a reboot kind of sequel type thing. It's Fede Alvarez is directing, who directed Don't Breathe. That was um, a good movie. That was a good movie. Claire Foy Oof. from The Crown is playing with the Salander. 
and uh, mm-hmm. Sylvia Hoax, who was the the henchwoman in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the one yes. that Jared Leto sent out. She's gonna play Elizabeth's twin sister. So that's oh, cool. The... Yeah. So, Ooh. but that's cool. I'm I'm always in in for uh, Lakeith Stanfield. He makes every project he's in a little bit better. So. Always good. Yeah, I would give more thoughts, but you know, I don't know those actors, so yeah. I can give a proper thing. That's fine. I'd, I'd rather that just than like just blind takes. We get some, good. We get, we get a few you know, I like it. Um. Yeah, you know, I saw Geostorm. It was good. <laughs> off of what the critics said, <laughs> that little thing. Oh, Geostorm. What a film. Oh man. What a film. That movie exists, by the way. Oscar winning uh, shit. Next up. Uh, reported by Variety tonight. This is even more wild. Ridley Scott coming off a Golden Globes <laughs> nomination for <laughs> after gaining the good graces of Hollywood over the last few weeks by getting Kevin Spacey out of his movie within a month, is now in talks to direct the Merlin Saga over at Disney, an origin story of Merlin from like the Sword in the Stone. <laughs> Did, did we not learn from uh, the King Arthur movie that came out this summer that no one cares anymore? No. Did we not learn? Uh, I don't care about this news. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to get made. It's going it's to get a big budget. The only reason it broke any water at all is because Ridley Scott. Correct. And D- Disney mm-hmm. can afford to take a hit if this movie does not do well. If there's any studio that can afford to I take mean, a I mean, I don't know. They did just blow like about, this. you know, $50 billion. Right, well... But at the same time, they have so many franchises <laughs> that are just, just locked. But I can tell you from experience, they're making probably like a billion dollars a day in park people coming after my trip to New Year's Eve Disney World. Right. <sighs> well, or as, as my family friend Jeff refers to it, Mickey's Wallet Wiper World. Oh, God. Jeff. Yep. That's, a, a, that's just a great, what a man. great nickname for it. Uh, he's what a man. Be, we're working it out. I think we're going to have him on the pod soon. Him and my dad, we're going to have them on, and we're going to talk baseball movies Ooh. for opening day. Is, All right. Really spectacular All right. discussion. All right. <laughs> I mean, I've only seen the Sandlot, so well, that's all you, I could probably give information to. Well, to, like, April. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I have time. Yeah. No, I'm fine. I'm Dal- fine. Yeah, Dalton, three months you got time, dude. You got it. All the time. I'll start with uh, Major League, I think, is my first Very starter. important. I'll have to find that one. Because That's Dominic's like, favorite movie of all time. Discussion. The Major League discussion is going to be terrific. Ooh. That this Mr. Baseball, a... highly recommend, because Jeff will really want to talk about that one. League of the Rounds will be good. Tom Selleck goes from the star okay. of the Yankees to playing in Japan. Mm-hmm. Terrific stuff. Fantastic. I could also talk about Air Bud or the movie where the buddies go and play baseball. Oh, God. That's an option. Oh, God. <laughs> but, that's yeah, there option. you go. We, but th- that, that's a little tease for the next few months. We're going to have them on the pod. We're going to talk some baseball movies. Big baseball guy here. Jeff, big baseball guy. My dad, big baseball guy. We've seen all the baseball movies. We're going to talk them. Jeff. But, no, this Ridley Scott Merlin thing. No one cares, right? Can we all agree? Yep, no one cares. All right. Great. Yeah. Great. Glad we all agree here. Uh, the other big Marvel news that broke today, there were two pieces. We'll talk about one a little bit later, just because it, it makes sense to talk about it later. Uh, DeWanda Wise, who is the star of Netflix's She's Gotta Have It, produced by uh, Spike Lee, based on his first ever movie, has joined the cast of Captain Marvel Ooh. Uh, over at Marvel. Exciting. Alongside Ben Mendelsohn, Brie Larson, Law, 
What a cast. Terrific cast they're putting together. And obviously, Brie Larson in the lead is exciting. Ben Mendelsohn, I think, is out to play the villain in every major franchise in Hollywood. Ready Player One. You got Star Wars. You got Star Wars. He's who knows playing what the else. villain in uh, the Robin Hood Origins movie that's coming out next year over from Lionsgate. Is that the one with Taron Edgerton, I think, is yeah, his name? Yeah, and Jamie Foxx. Uh, that's a movie. Interesting. That, that movie came interesting. Out. That movie's going to come out soon. It's wild. This year. Ah, strange this times. Year. Strange times. Yeah. Did we not learn from King Arthur that no one really cares anymore about that type of era or those type of movies? Apparently not. Apparently not. As we've said before. They're Disney Disney has an advantage because they could put the word Disney on it, but whatever. But uh, yeah. I have not watched She's Gotta Have It, season one. It did just get picked up for the second season over at Netflix. I, so it's probably good. I've heard DeWanda Wise is terrific in this show. Mm-hmm. I did like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Marvel. What can I say? Like, I I I don't know who the character. I don't know who she's playing, so I can't. Yeah. Some people are thinking like uh, that's magnificent casting or not. I I I don't I don't know who she's playing. I think some people are thinking like Monica Rambeau, who's like a subsidiary, like she's a Black Captain Marvel, but I don't know how that's going to work. Sure. So who knows? Sure. Whatever. No, but all right. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. What exactly is rolling here? Like I'm. Like, I'm trying to see what she looks like so I can try and guess who she's playing as. Like, yeah, those are just some theories I saw, but I don't know who she's playing. I mean, she's co-starring in it, so she's going to be, like, front and center with Brie Larson in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, she'll, be, she'll play a major supporting role. The two, the three leads here are obviously Brie Larson, Jude Law, and Ben Mendelsohn. But... And uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I'm about to say Jackson. Oh, yeah, there, that's right. I, I feel like he'll be more of a supporting player, but as he usually is in these movies. Something like a Patrick Stewart, I think, level right. in the movie. I feel movie. like his annual quota of films yeah. starring. Very important. Oh, yes. All right, so that concludes. Oh, you know what? Movie. You know what? She might be playing. Remember when Marvel was doing that casting call for the main female scroll? Maybe. That'd be cool. Hmm. That might be it. Like the Queen of the Scrolls is what you're saying? Not the Queen of the Scrolls, but. Like that main female scroll that they that Marvel was casting for, what like a year ago? Oh, okay. Possible. It might be yeah, that. Be yeah. Cool. yeah. I mean, they do own all That's the that. characters. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah. not now. So that concludes our our news segment. We'll get to the biggest piece of news I think over the week later. When it obviously involves Black Panther, and since we're discussing all the movies up through April today, where it seems like there's a good spot. Hey, you forgot one piece <laughs> of news. Which one? Uh, the Kendrick Lamar Black Panther news. Yeah, we're getting to Is that, that later. What he was... Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. we're doing that yeah, at the end. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Uh, we're going to get to our awards corner now. Awards corner. I think that's our name. Uh, we have some Golden Globe predictions for you. But first, uh, the Writers Guild nominations came out today. Very important. Now, the Writers Guild are not necessarily the be-all, end-all predictors for the Oscars because they do have some very strict guidelines. For example, Three Billboards was not eligible for the Writers Guild for its screenplay, mm. and it's almost certain to get an Oscar nomination. So, Why didn't it get a nomination? Interesting. It wasn't I, eligible. There's a, there's I, know, why, I know, I know. Why, wasn't why wasn't it eligible? eligible? Yeah, let me check on that. I mean... Could it be the time when it came out? No. No, I think it's... Because it was in 2017, right? I'm assuming. Uh, Darkest Hour was also not eligible. No, they came out in the correct year. It just... So... Coco also did not qualify, mostly because of animated features. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, it's just because uh, the Writers Guild excludes screenplays not produced under its jurisdiction or that of another guild as awards candidates. So there's, right. there's a whole okay. bunch of other there's a whole bunch of rules. Okay, it's like really deep to go into, so I'm assuming we're probably not gonna. So there are a couple of uh, original screenplay nominees that that could get booted here, but uh, the original screenplay nominations, we have Emily Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani for The Big Sick, Uh, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Stephen Rogers for I, Tanya. Go Captain America. Yeah, there you go. America! Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, and Guillermo del Toro and Vanessa Taylor for The Shape of Water. Uh, obviously, three billboards and also the post, which was widely considered one of the front runners, could come in and take one of, a couple of those spots in the Oscar race. But if you had to pick one right now for, to, for that original screenplay spot, who would you guys pick? Who I want to win or who is going to win? Who, who would you pick? We're on an well, original screenplay, right? Original screenplay. Big Sick, Get Out, I, Tanya, Lady Bird, Shape of Water. Probably, probably Lady Bird. Okay. I've only seen Big Sick and Get Out, so... The only one out of those that I have not seen is I, Tanya, so I can't tell you about that one. I have not seen I, Tanya yet either. It's also the only one I've not seen. I think I would want the Big Sick to win, but rewatching Get Out, I think there's, like, really a lot of little details in there that I think that the writer's guild is just going to love a lot of. Because, like, when you saw the scene that I go back to is, like, the... I mean, there's a lot of scenes in there, so I don't really want to go into details, but... It's very detailed, just to say so. So I think it's probably going to be Get Out, based on the two I've seen. Yeah, I I think Lady Bird would probably be my number two here that is brilliantly written. I just think, from a a writing perspective, Get Out was unbelievably written. That screenplay is so airtight, Mm -hmm. all the details, all the little foreshadowing that comes back later. Like, everything comes together at the end, I would say. It's just such an airtight screenplay. Mm-hmm. It is really good. That's yeah. what that's what I was between. I was trying to pick between Lady Bird and Get Out, and I don't know. I haven't seen Lady Bird. And it also yeah. manages to deal yeah. with societal issues in a way that's immensely creative and imaginative. Mm-hmm. Like and, the way, but also, right? But also, still brings the issues to the forefront. Sorry, I'm interrupting. But like no the problem. like the way I think it it doesn't beat you over the head with racism like some movies try to do. It like subtly doesn't. It's not like an over the head type of thing. It could be like considered like a good story about white people putting their brains in black people's bodies. You don't have to like consider it social. Spoiler commentary. alert. Yeah, it's true for a movie. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> if you have not seen Get Out, although if you haven't seen Get Out by now, I don't know what you you're doing. But, right. After all the praise we gave it last week uh, on well. the top ten list pod. Yes. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna pick Get Out here. Yeah, I'm between Get Out and Lady Bird. Yeah, those would be the two I would want. Although The Shape of Water is a sneaky, well-written movie. I'm surprised I got nominated, to be honest. It's a mm-hmm. sneaky, well-written movie, but I have a feeling it'd be one of the ones that gets booted for, like, three billboards. I haven't yeah. seen it, so I couldn't... Now, a- adapted screenplay is easily the most interesting one, because it is a much weaker field for adapted screenplay this year. Yeah. Seems like there are really mm-hmm. only three movies that are kind of locked in. First adapted screenplay nomination, so there are kind of two spots. Are you really going to bed? (laughs) (laughs) Great A podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, for the second consecutive week. Interrupted my favorite. Let's go. (laughs) Second in our week in a row. 
quality level production, people. <laughs> you can't get no, this anywhere nothing else. Nothing but the best here from the Thumbos for our podcast. Nothing but... Alright, and then adapted screen points. So we had uh, Call oh Me By Your Name. Please cut the light off. I try it now. Uh, Scott Neustadter and Michael H. Weber for The Disaster Artist. Yeah. Ooh, I really want to see Scott that. Scott Frank, James Mangold, and Michael Green for Logan. Uh, that was, I'm so surprised about that one. I, 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 that's I'm, amazing. I'm very happy about it, but I'm very surprised about it. I did not think that would get any. Easily. That's the one I was easily most surprised to see. I'm, glad I'm very happy it. that's on there. That is a very wonderful news. Uh, Aaron Sorkin from Molly's Game. And mm-hmm. Virgil Williams and D. Rees for Mudbound. Mm-hmm. So obviously, as we said, Logan is the big surprise here. Uh, Mudbound is also a bit of a surprise, just because it's a Netflix movie, but it seems like the guilds are embracing it. Correctly so, it is terrific. It is great. Netflix is producing and, some quality content. Yeah, I mean, it's they picked this one up at Sundance. This was not one they like, produced originally. This is not like Bright. Uh, Bright 2, by the way. That's not news we talked about, but Bright 2 is officially happening. It's getting made. Um, But Logan and Mudbound are clearly the two outsiders here. Um, This is great news for Logan because it means, A, that Fox's campaign has been working well, at least to an extent. And, B, a WGA nomination gives you a legit shot at an Oscar screenplay nomination. Especially because, like I said, most of the big players that were ineligible – we're in original screenplay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Adapted is very much open this year. If I had to pick one, I would guess Call Me By Your Name probably wins, or Molly's Game, just because it's a Sorkin screenplay. I either want Logan or Disaster Artist to win. Yeah. Disaster Artist is, again, like just sneaky, well-written. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great screenplay. Mm-hmm. I found a way to watch Disaster Artist, so I'm going to have to do it one of these days coming soon it's, before I get yeah, back to you, school. Yeah, if you guys have not seen Disaster Artist, it's great. It. It's so good and very funny. And stay through the credits because your boy Tommy Wiseau shows up. And it's it's I, love, I love during the credits how they basically, how uh, James Frank, I didn't say this in, the, uh, in last week's pod with the top 10 best of the year. I didn't say this, but I want to say it now. Um, I loved how, like, during the credits, how they basically refilmed the room with all the new actors. Yes. Oh, my. Terrific. It was amazing. <laughs> it was great little, the split screen was great. Yeah. It's beautiful. All right. That's beautiful. So we got some Golden Globe predictions coming at you here. Uh, we're going to go through every movie category. We're each, um, I'll read off the nominees. We're each going to name our prediction. You guys can keep track uh, at home what our predictions are. And then we're going to move into our spring movie preview. All right. Let's do it, baby. Best original song. We have Home from Ferdinand. No. Mighty Mighty yeah. River from Mudbound. Remember Me from Coco. The Star from The Star. And This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. So which Remember Me are we talking about, just to let the audience know which one I, it is? I don't know which version they submitted. Mm-hmm. I, think, they, I know they use it generally. I think they probably use the original De La Cruz as the submission, and it's all because they just reuse the same couple of verses. Yeah, it's, it's really too same. bad Rodin doesn't go into this weekend because I don't know if you saw it on Twitter today, but there is a video of this young, like four-year-old boy whose sister died when she was like one, and he they have her picture up in a special place, kind of like they do on Dia de los Muertos. 
And he's like looking at his sister's picture and playing Remember Me on a guitar. It was one of the most sad and adorable things I've ever seen. That's beautiful. That's what a so sweet. Movie it's ah. also going to win. It's, it's either going to be Remember Me or This Is Me. And it could also be This mm-hmm. Is Me. It'd be very Golden Globes-like for them to pick This Is Me. But mm-hmm. Isn't the Golden Globes, are those the ones that, like, they're very, they're not really trustworthy in their picks, or are, is that a... Correct, yeah, you re- yeah, the Golden Globes are not really the best predictor of the Oscars. Like, mm-hmm. they're there, you would think they'd be good predictors, but they're really not. Yeah. But my they're a vote... bit more showy. Yeah. But my vote is obviously for reasons remembered me, because, you know, what a film. I cried, like, five times in that film as Pixar does to you, so, you know... Mm-hmm. There's At that. the same time, the Globe voters could, you know, knowing that Coco's going to win Best Animated Feature, give it to This Is Me and give The Greatest Showman something, because I don't think it stands a shot in any of the categories it's nominated in. It's not going to get out, so, you know, probably no chance. So, you know, those are probably the two. I'd, I'd say Remember Me is probably your frontrunner, just because it's, it's a catchy tune, it's well-known, popular movie. Golden Globes love themselves in popular movies. So... TJ, your pick? Uh, pro- uh, probably that as well. All right. I'm so with you. All of us are going with Remember Me. Yep. This me with a shot. All right, best original score. We have Carter Burwell for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Alexander Desplat for The Shape of Water. Johnny Greenwood for Phantom Thread. John Williams for The Post. And Hans Zimmer for Dunkirk. TJ, oh. what'd you go with here? Oh, man, I don't know. It's a hard choice. I haven't seen Dunkirk, so I can't give it to that. Can you repeat uh, the other ones? Carter Bur- Burwell for Three Billboards. Okay. Alexander Desplat for Shape of Water. Okay. Johnny Greenwood for Phantom Thread. Okay. And John Williams from The Post. I'm going to go with Shape of Water. Dalton, where are you going here? For the odd reason, I'm kind of the opposite of TJ, where the only one I've seen on this list is Dunkirk, so I've kind of got no choice. But... I will say, I watching Dunkirk last night. That that score just is, God, terrific, terrific. Yeah, like if I if I had to choose with ones that I haven't seen, I'd probably just go with Dunkirk anyway because it's on Zimmer. All right. Mm-hmm. I straight but, up missed three billboards and Phantom Thread and the Post have not gotten here yet. Yep. To North Carolina. So. Yeah. I've only seen two. Uh, I'm going to go with Alexander Desplat for The Shape of Water. That's a great yeah. score. Your dark horse here is Johnny Greenwood for Phantom Thread. So. I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Phantom Thread, though. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see it. It's a... Lewis. I, I'm very excited to see it. It's going to be like my first real in theater realization, I think of Daniel Day Lewis. I'm very excited to see Phantom Thread oh, for I, the first I time. Lincoln, when I saw Lincoln, here's how good he is in that movie. All right, he because he's so not showy. I was so convinced I was watching Abraham Lincoln. The only person I couldn't stop talking about coming out of that movie was Tommy Lee Jones because he gave the showier performance. And then I thought more about it. I was like, holy shit! Oh my god! God, to go to that kind of point, I was kind of watching Dunkirk last night, and it almost felt like an actual. Like, it felt like a documentary almost to go back to my how I love, much I love Dunkirk. It ended up on yeah. my top 10. But back to okay. Phantom Thread, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, Phantom Thread. That, so I'm, I'm picking Alexander Displot here, but Jai Greenwood is your dark horse. Mm-hmm. All right, foreign language film. There, there, this could go so many ways. I've heard all of these. I've, you know, I've heard of four out of five of these. I've heard they're all terrific, though. Uh, we have a fantastic mm-hmm. woman, 
first they killed my father in the fade, Loveless, and the square. I'm going to go with the square just because it won can and Hollywood Foreign Press loves themselves in the can But hmm. Fantastic Woman would probably be my number two. What do you think, Dalton? Darn, it, it's really hard to give a judgment, but I think the square probably, I think would be my top pick. Or like Dom said, I'm probably in the same boat as Dom. Yeah. It's also got Elizabeth Moss, and she's going to have a big night. I'm going to say probably in the fade. Okay, Diane Kruger's supposed to be terrific in that movie. Yeah. I have not seen it, but she's supposed to yeah. be terrific. Are there any ways to like watch these? Are they coming to in-scene anytime soon? I haven't looked, uh, uh, looked I don't at the know details. When it, first They Killed My Father is available on Netflix. I know that. Ooh, so that's a way. All right. I don't know how, it, how you can watch the other four. But... I mean, right. I, know the, I know that the circle with Tom Hanks and Emma Watson is available, so I could watch it's that. Very that like a... It's okay. very bad. It's very bad. What is okay. the the circle? The circle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're talking to Squid. All right. Okay. I didn't know if it was like a prequel or something like that. No. Okay. All right. The, the best animated feature. We have the breadwinner, Coco Ferdinand, loving Vincent, and the boss baby. It's gonna be Coco. Twenty. Boss baby. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 probably gonna be Coco. I would be surprised if the breadwinner won. I've heard good buzz about it, but Coco, it's gonna it's gonna be Coco. Yeah, I think it's it's gotta be Coco. It's been One a very of the biggest movies of the year. It's terrific. It's, it's just a wonderful film. And... It's been a very bad year for animated films when like you think about it. So I think Coco's the obvious choice. Yeah, it's obvious. Lego Batman not even nominated, and that was my second favorite animated movie. <sighs> Over the Boss Baby. It's on HBO Go, is not is it? Isn't it? Lego Batman is available on HBO Go. And I will watch very it. Very entertaining. I will Good. watch it tonight. Yeah, I have not seen it. Over the, uh, the Boss Baby, that is weird. We have best screenplay. So these are not original and adapted. They just do a straight up best screenplay. Uh, we have Guillermo del Toro and Vanessa Taylor for The Shape of Water, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Liz Hanna and Josh Singer for The Post. Martin McDonough for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Aaron Sorkin for Molly's Game. Dalton, who you got? Hmm. Well, based on what I heard on the podcast last week, I'm either going to go Lady Bird or Three Billboards. Three Boards and Bill. You know what I'm saying, guys. But those are my two picks, based on what I've heard about them. It's either of those two. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to say three billboards just because it's better positioned than Lady Bird. See, I'm in disagreement here because Mark McDonough has also a Best Director nomination. And Greta Gerwig got snubbed. That's their chance to get her on the stage. So I'm going to take Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Here. I'm mm-hmm. between the two. Like, they're, they're tied for me. Yeah. The Is best that... screenplay of the year wasn't even out. So we're, we're, we're already. What was your best screenplay? Good. Get out. But... I don't know. Uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was Transformers: The Last Night Down. Sorry about that. Brilliant film. Brilliant film. Um, you were forgetting about the ma- the marvelousness of Power Rangers. Come on. Ah, what a classic, guys. All right, we got best director here: Guillermo del Toro for Water, Martin McDonough for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Ridley Scott for All the Money in the World, Even Spielberg for The Post. I am gonna go because it's mm. a Hollywood foreign press. I'm gonna go with Guillermo del Toro. I was too. 
Shape of Water is also Sounds like a good choice. It, it was the most technically demanding project out of all of them. Aside from Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. As, as, I, I, aside I from Dunkirk. Between Dunkirk yeah. and like, one of those two is going to win this. Mm-hmm. I think Dunkirk. Because I wish I w- could give some thoughts on Shape of Water. Because it sounds like a movie I'd really, really love. Yeah, it's terrific. But it's probably, yeah, it's probably between those two for me. Yeah, I mean, Nolan also had a $100 million budget. Del Toro had $19.5 million. Yeah, and I watched a video, like, showing the, showcasing the suit they made for the creature. It's incredible. The, yeah, like, the and level of detail. And embellishments are also beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the level of detail and care Guillermo gave to that film is something special when you think about it. Yep, absolutely. What a guy. It, it's a lot to be one of those two. The way I look at it. You're going to be mm-hmm. Del Toro or Nolan. I'm going to go with Del Toro, yeah. though. Yeah, I'm also going to take Del Toro. Especially just the Foreign Press Association. For yep. Alright, nice. Best Supporting Actor. We have Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project, Army Hammer for Call Me By Your Name, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards Outside Evan, Missouri. Dalton, who, who are you taking here? I've not seen any of these. That's probably my catchphrase right now. Like a blind judgment. It's going to be great. Blind judgment? I think they're all good. <laughs> I think they're all good. That's why they're nominated. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go... I think... I think Richard Jenkins for Shape of Water or maybe Army Hammer for Call Me By Your Name right. is my probably top two. TJ, who, who are you uh, picking? Christopher Plummer. I, I could totally see the Globes going Plummer here. Just considering he's only been in this movie for like six weeks. Uh, either is, either Christopher Plummer or Richard Jenkins. Right, which is insane to think about. Um, however, there is also the very clear Oscar frontrunner front runner here. And the man I'm going to pick, and that's Willem Dafoe. For the Florida Project, which uh, never made it here to North Carolina, never made it. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even know what that movie's about. Yeah. Darn. Look it up. It's a Sean Baker film. <laughs> a terrific filmmaker. But Willem Dafoe uh, is based on all the critics groups thus far. Seems to be a clear front runner right now. And, uh, mm-hmm. But it would be very Golden Globes of them to give it mm-hmm. to Plummer. Okay. So I- I'm picking Willem Dafoe. Plummer's my dark horse. I think it's also because, like, Plummer came in really late to the pr- production of All the Money in the World. Correct. So That's gonna he didn't really have a, for sure. He didn't have enough time to really get into the character and stuff as much as some of these other actors, I guess. Well, I he's, don't know. he apparently is fantastic. He's one of the better things in the movie. Well, I think, I think voters are probably going to save face by handing Christopher Plummer the trophy. Yeah, well, I mean, I, this, I think in this case it has a bit of a different meaning if you give it to Christopher Plummer. But I think Willem Dafoe remains your frontrunner for the Oscar. Yeah, yeah, I'm between the two. Them, th- got it. them two, and Richard Jenkins. Yeah. All right, we got mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actress. We have Hong Chow for Downsizing. It seems to be the only positive about that movie, by the way. Uh, Allison Janney for I, Tanya. Laurie Metcalf mm-hmm. for Lady Bird. Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. And Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. TJ, who are you going with? Allison Janney for I, Tanya. Okay, interesting. It's a, uh, I-, I think she's my number two. She has a. I'm between her and Lori Metcalf for um, Ladybird, but it's Janie has uh, the splashier role. She has more star power, and okay. she also has a really strong association with Globe favorite Aaron Sorkin. Right, so and those she's kind of give her. Yeah, and so those give her basically an edge. Right, 
Again, it'd be a very Golden Globe. Even though clearly the correct answer, and you're very clear Oscar front runner right now, is Laurie Metcalf. Yep, I'm between the two, but I, I think they're going to give it to Allison Janney. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think they'll give it to Metcalf just because I think she's been nominated a bunch of times and never won. But I could also very much see them going Allison because, Or if they really want to go star power here, Mary J. Blige obviously is more star power than either of the two. It'd be a very Golden Globe move. J- Mary J. Blige, I mean, she deserves it. She's terrific in Mudbound. But... Mm-hmm. And Octavia Spencer, she's the comedic part, I think, of Shape of Water. Yes, she right? is so funny in like the first like ten minutes of the movie. God, I gotta see that movie. Firing off jokes like there's like they're nothing. Gotta see that movie. Yeah, very much. All right. Next up, we've got best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. We've got Steve Carell for Battle of the Sexes, Ansel Elgort for Baby Driver. James Franco for The Disaster Artist, Hugh Jackman for The Greatest Showman, and Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. It, it, it's a two-man race here for me. Either, I, think I think James Franco or Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, because I think both of them mm-hmm. are going to get Oscar nominations. Because Steve Carell and Ansel Elgort were they're fronting films that weren't nominated for you know the big award. Right. Kaluuya, yeah. right, Kaluuya getting that Screen Actors Guild nomination is vastly important to his awards campaign here. Because mm-hmm. getting that Screen Actors Guild nomination yes. is a terrific sign for him. Because he deserves a nomination. I still think his performance in Get Out is, it is vastly underrated. I, I, think. But I, I think the edge really goes to Franco, who I'm picking, because he was the funniest out of all those roles. Yeah. I am also picking James Franco. That was, I mean, I, I think Franco is his work as Tommy Wiseau in this movie is unbelievable. Honestly, I forgot I was mm-hmm. watching James Franco, and I thought it was Tommy Wiseau for the first 20, 30 minutes of the film. <laughs> that's like a, that's what amazing. Scene right off the bat. Just, mm-hmm. just right into that <laughs> Very good, indeed. <laughs> what a classic, The Room. Don't you just love it? I do. Um, I've only seen probably three... I've only seen two of these movies, but I have heard amazing things from James Franco. And I think Ansel Elgort in Baby Driver, I think his performance is just infectious. Like, I think he just gets in your skin with how fun he is as an actor and how fun the role and the character is and how much by the end of that movie you just feel for him. I think he's my then number four guy here. Yeah. Because I still think and they think... have a better... He, he, the Globes would, like, consider Hugh Jackman because he's Hugh Jackman. Because it's yeah. Hugh Jackman. That... Correct. Because I mean, that being s- yeah, that being said, I do think I'm with you guys on the top two as Daniel Kaluuya and James Franco. Yeah, it's it's gonna be one because, of those two, and both of them are very deserving, and they're very different performances. <sighs> very different. I think I do also. I'm a, I'm with TJ. I think, and I, you guys, I give the edge to Franco. Yeah. Because I think as an actor, he really had to make a leap to make the performance convincing. Like he don't want to. He does. I don't think he wanted to come off as like. Oh, I'm just being stupid and making fun of Tommy Wiseau in the room. Oh, he doesn't do that at all. That's why the which is why no, he embodies that's Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, that's why I think the performance I think is very deserving, and that's not to knock Daniel Kaluuya at all. Yeah, they both deserve. It is not in any way. Both are incredible. Exactly. All right. Both are amazing. So, best actress musical or comedy? We've got Judy Dent for Victoria and Abdul, Helen Mirren for The Leisure Seeker, Margot Robbie for I Tanya. Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, and Emma Stone for Battle of the Sexes. Dalton, who are you taking? 
I've not seen any of them, but I think I'm going to have to take us. I think I'm going to go with say Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse. Saoirse Ronan. I'll save you. I'll just say Ronan the Accuser for Lady Bird. That's all I'm going to say. I think from what I hear about that movie, I that's on my top to watch. But the movie I think I got to see is Ronan, Lady Bird. Yeah. I wish I could say more, but I haven't seen it. TJ, who are you taking? I really do. I have a question. Did y'all see Battle of the Sexes? I did not. Just saw the other day. I did not. Holy crap. Emma Stone is so good. I'm just thinking they gave it to her last year. I don't think they'll give one to her two years ago. That's why I'm saying Saoirse Ronan will win. Yeah. But, I, I think it's but Emma Stone, she was so overlooked for that role because she was amazing in Battle of the Sexes. I just don't think that campaign worked out well for them. No. Just they thought mm-hmm. they had an Oscar movie and it didn't play out. Like, wasn't that kind of movie. I have it down to two. Yeah. It's Margot Robbie and Saoirse Ronan. Yep. Oh, I, I think yeah, Margot Robbie. I, I've heard Margot Robbie's terrific. I think this is Saoirse Ronan's year. That's her movie. She is incredible in that movie. And while she has a great supporting performance to play off of and Laurie Metcalf, they actually don't have a ton of scenes together. Like, that's... They have a bunch of scenes, but it's not, like, matched together. Mm-hmm. Saoirse Ronan is really carrying that movie, and she's terrific. That's kind of, like, what I've heard about Lady Bird and I, Tanya, is that what really sells those movies is, is the performance that Robbie and Ronan give in those movies. I mean, both of, them masking which is why. both of them masking heavy foreign accents. Oof. Margot Robbie I think is they do. Australian, but even for, if you think Mar- Margot Robbie doesn't have like that Irish accent, like it's not like she doesn't have like a really thick one. Saoirse Ronan's Irish yeah. accent is one of the thickest I've ever heard. It's unreal. She can then t- just take that away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I think this is her award. Saoirse Ronan. Margot Robbie's the number two. All right. Best performance by an actor in a drama. We have Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day Lewis for Phantom Thread, Tom Hanks for The Post, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. TJ, you've got the honor of one of the, the toughest categories of the night. Considering I have not seen any of these movies. <laughs> I have not seen any of them either, so don't <sighs> I'm going to give it to the... Is that our catchphrase for the evening? And it's going to be between Timothy Chalamet and Daniel Day-Lewis. Those are the two I'm going to go pick. Okay. And I'll give the edge to Daniel Day-Lewis because it's his retirement movie. Yeah, I want to knock Hanks mm-hmm. and Denzel right out. Those are, yep. I don't think any either of those. Daniel Day-Lewis, because it's his final movie, has a shot. Yep. And then... Yes. There's the Golden Globe storyline. Do they want to give it to the old guy who is fine, one of the great actors of our time, so underrated, and Gary Oldman, or the young gun and Timothy Chalamet? I'm going to pick Gary Oldman. I, I, Chalamet, it's very close. It's either going to be Oldman or Chalamet for me. Well, I think mm-hmm. they're tied for the most critic prizes awarded this year. So, I, I mean, it's really tough. This is a really tight race to pick this year. Dalton? Like he... This is just sealed tight as a Ziploc bag. I think... (laughs) (laughs) I am now dubbing dubbing that a Dalton line. Yep. (sighs) Thank you. But I I was trying to watch Darkest Hour the other night, and I got... I got through like the first 10 minutes of it 
I think Gary Oldman, like what he does in that film, from what I've been hearing, is just fantastic. So I think I'm down to where you guys are at with Call Me By Your Names, Chalamet, and Oldman, I think. The other thing and Timothy think... Chalamet's got going for him here, sorry to, to butt in here, but he's also in, oh, you're fine. He's you're also fine. in Lady Bird, which could, but True. they could give it to him for the, the, yeah. the two-movie honor, but he's great in Lady mm-hmm. Bird, too. But, so our, so TJ, you're DDL. I'm Oldman. Dalton, you're Oldman. Yeah, I'm gonna give the edge to Oldman. I think over Chalamet. Yeah. I think I go. I Oldman. know nothing about Darkest Hour, so I apologize to Gary Oldman. But I love you. I just think this is Gary Oldman. He's been in the biz a long time. He's never won a major award. I think this is this is like his victory lap. Almost. Mm-hmm. Right. I hope he does win it though. I just don't think they're gonna give it to him. That'd be great. I would yeah, love... I think. Right. And Daniel Day Lewis, he's just. I think it's like Oldman's Oldman's time to shine. I think. Yeah. Like you guys said. Sorry again for moving. But, no, it's not a big problem. We're not looking at each other, so it's very difficult to see when we're you know, to figure out when everyone wants to say something. But... Just in case you didn't know that. Yeah. Thirty forty minutes in, listeners. There you go. Boom. Sorry guys. Right. Best actress drama. We have Jessica Chastain for Molly's Game, Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Frances McDormand for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Meryl Streep for The Post. And Michelle Williams for All the Money in the World. Frances McDormand. It's Frances McDormand for me. Like, no no Mm. competition. I watched that trailer and I was like, oh, she's winning an Oscar. They'll probably get between Frances McDormand and Sally Hawkins for Shape of Water. That's what I think. But I think Mm -hmm. McDormand has the edge and she's going to win. This being the Golden Globes, too. Just watch for Streep. That's Mm -hmm. all I'm saying. Yeah. I, that's what I was going to say. I don't want to doubt this power of Streep. Right. Frances McDormand think... has an Oscar, too, which helps her. Yeah. I haven't heard much about Three Billboards, but I have heard amazing things about Sally Hawkins and Shape of Water, so I think you guys are right with those top two. Yeah. With Hawkins and McDormand. All right. Here we go. The Best Picture nominees, and then we get to the, the spring stuff. We'll, we, we'll have This is going to be a really long pod, but it's good. I like long pods. Yes. Might get might be up towards two hours, guys. Fun stuff. Gave me something to listen to last week when I was waiting in line for Pandora, the flight of Avatar. That's right, you've got that. Uh something to listen to during the bomb cyclone here. That's a real name for a storm. That's a real Yep. Alright. Best picture musical or comedy? <laughs> the Disaster Artist, Get Out, The Greatest Showman, I Tanya, and Lady Bird. Dalton, you're up first. Hmm. So, I think there's been a lot of rage at this top at this uh, category. Just because of so how for, Universal chose to, yeah. How to so for get out. Yes, it, it's great that it made a best picture list, but I don't get why it had to be like best comedy. I think they thought I, I they could win more this way. I don't know. I don't know what Universal yeah. was thinking. What, what they were thinking. I, I mean, it's got a very. Yeah, they should have put it but in for. I don't know. I just. Because it's very funny, but it's also very serious. I probably would have put Mm -hmm. it in drama, but... Like, I think for, like, legit comedies, I would give the nod to Disaster Artist or Lady Bird is what my top two picks would be. But with Get Out in there, I think it's Disaster Artist or Get Out, I think, is what my top two would be. Okay. I am going to pick... Uh, obviously, my favorite movie of the year was Get Out. But also, it's the Golden Globes. They like Lady popular Bird. movies. This, the Golden Globes gave their best picture award to Avatar. Yeah. 
it's going to get out because it easily made the most money here and was the most popular and drove more conversation than anything. It was a big deal. Get out will win here. We'll see. Followed by Lady Bird. We'll see. Mm-hmm. This is a tough category because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think all these really movies are great. From what I've heard, yeah, it's, it's between Lady Bird and Get except, Out. Except for Greatest Showman, I think all these movies are deserving of this of a best. Yeah, Greatest comedy. Showman it sticks out like a sore thumb in this lineup. <laughs> yeah. God. Like, but so I'm picking Get Out though, TJ. Um, I'm between Get Out and Lady Bird. I'll go with Lady Bird. Okay. I, I mm-hmm. have it to Get Out and Lady Bird, but I'm damn, I'm going the other way. And Dalton, you're taking you Get Out Disaster Artist. Which one are you picking? Uh, probably Get Out. Because, okay. you know, it, it's Golden Globes and money is money. Again, so, you know, Avatar won Best thing. Picture at the Golden Globes. That's a fact. There was a point where Avatar time. was the Oscar frontrunner. That's, that's just true. That was not I mean, a good movie, time honestly. Time. It's, I mean, it's okay. It's all the visuals. That's what that would be. It has good special effects. That's the only good thing about it, honestly. I do, the world, I do like the world. In my, in, in my the, non-professional the opinion. Yeah. The story is not that very good at all. All right, best picture drama. We have Dunkirk, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Call Me By Your Name, TJ. Three billboards. You're taking three billboards. Okay. Dalton. It was clearly the favorite films. So, so. Hmm. They scored what? Well, Did they score a nomination in almost every single category? Yeah, they they scored a good number of nominations. So. It's been a lot of three billboards. Yeah. I think. I think for me, it's either Dunkirk, because I've only seen Dunkirk, but I think the logical choice would be three billboards. And I don't. I do want to give a nod to the post because I know how much people love Steven, Spiel, Steven Spielberg, and it's the Golden Globes. Yeah, I have no so idea. So I don't know how Spielberg. that'll go out. Uh, but I do think three billboards will deserve it in the end. Out of all those five movies, there are uh, there are a few I've routes heard. they can go. They can go with the star power. They can go with the true Hollywood Foreign Press Association pick. They can pick the biggest movie, which was obviously Dunkirk. Yes. I think to go mm-hmm. with the Hollywood Hollywood foreign press and with their most nominated film, I'm going to pick The Shape of Water to win Best Picture Drama. It, it was the most nominated film this year. By the Golden Globes. Yeah, so, I'm between Shape of Water and Three mm-hmm. Billboards. I'm going to give it to Three Billboards, though. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think, yeah. don't be surprised if it's, it was a big movie and it made a good amount of money. That's surprising to me. I was looking up the other day. Christopher Nolan hasn't won like a best director nod, and he's I don't done think some he's great ever stuff. I was even surprised. Nominated. Like he didn't even get nominated for Inception, God. and that movie got nominated for best picture. God. It seemed like he was a lock the whole way. He got the Globe nomination. He got the Directors Guild nomination. Usually, you get both of those. You're a lock for an Oscar nomination. And then he didn't get Inception. Man, that's weird. <sighs> Jesus. All right, but that is our, those are our Golden Globe predictions. Let us know how we do. I didn't write them down. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think our top two will probably win. But here we go. We're going January to April. Over, it might take another hour, but that's fine. We're gonna have fun here. So, yeah, so officially, January 2018. 
now officially in the right now you can go you can go watch it right now if you want. Is Insidious the last key? No thanks. Okay, actually I should break this down first. So we're gonna run through each release movie of each month, and then at the end we're gonna we're gonna pick who we think the big box office winner of the month is gonna be. Which movie? Okay, so we're not giving like our best movie that we think it'll be. It's no, we're, biggest we're box gonna, office. I mean, okay. You can share thoughts as, as you wish. At the end, we'll come together, pick our big box office winner. Okay. All right. So we've got right now in theaters from Universal, Insidious: The Last, the no, third film in the Insidious franchise. No, it's not. Ugh. It's the fourth, isn't it? Is it? I think it's three. Hold Let me on. Check that. I three. If we're on four, then that's Darn. a real issue. Hold up, I'm, I'm already Darn, these movies have been have so bad. It's for like seven. Stuff for my chemistry class next semester. Yeah, I got him here. Oh my god, this is four. Mm-hmm. Aha, what? I was right. I, god. I, I forgot chapter three existed. That's how you know this franchise. <sighs> this franchise felt like I was on seven for me. I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. No, this actually is the fourth. I never would have guessed that was the fourth. So hey, the fourth guess guess what its percentage on Rotten Tomatoes is. What? Is it 31, I think? It's the first week in January. I'm going with like 10. 26. Yep, there you go. Oh, but yep. it has a 90, 91% of people like the movie, according to Google. just came out yeah, tonight. That's, we'll see how that's that audiences. Goes. The audience score, I mean, The Last Jedi's is like 55, so that's all you need to know there. <laughs> yeah, you can't really trust People hated that because they're in the That's the only reason they hated that movie. I'm looking at a quick on The Last Jedi here because I have Rotten Tomatoes open. Uh, 90% critic score, 50% audience score. People are just... Don't ask me. They're mad about it's that one scene. They're mad about any number of fifth scenes in that movie. Uh, you I'm mean the about... scene with Jar Jar showed yeah, back up? Yeah, exactly. And it was officially revealed that Jar Jar is, in fact, a Dark Lord. That's right. It's all they've wanted for, for years now. <laughs> suddenly, it's... It's finally happened. Finally. And they don't and want suddenly it. Suddenly, they hate it. Oh, my. God. Audience is so... Like, what do you guys want, guys? Can you can you tell us? Sadly, this know. insidious mm-hmm. movie is going to make a ton of money, probably. All right, next weekend. Next weekend's a bit stronger. We Ooh. have this movie looks like a bit of a play on the classic black exploitation films of the seventies. We have Proud Mary with Taraji P Henson. Uh, the poster for this movie sold sold itself with the tagline uh, "Killing for the Man Every Night and Day," basing itself on the classic song "Proud Mary." Terrific stuff. I I didn't even watch the trailer. Mm-hmm. I didn't want the I didn't want the actual movie to ruin itself. Uh, <laughs> we've got oh the my. we've got the commuter with Liam Neeson. That will make money. We, that will also do fairly well. And, and Paddington Two now over at Warner Brothers. Never even saw Paddington One. Neither did I. I heard it was never good. even read the books. Yep, this movie. Looks I heard it was good. Uh, anyone have any thoughts uh... there? They want to share. About uh, first few movies. Insidious is the last key. Here's what I have to say. It's a horror movie in January. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not trusting any horror Something's movies off. until at least like February now. Uh, Get Out. For, oh, no. Well, Split was not really a horror movie, I guess, but it came out. Split, Split was a horror movie. It came out, but it was, it's a f- first release was 2016. Yeah, it came- only, right, only certain it was, it was a was limited awesome. release in December and then wide release in January. No, I think it went wide in January. It might have been like a one week run, but it was. I think it was just a wide release, straight up split. Because if I remember, people, it was like January when the hype took up. For yeah. Split, Either way, 
Because I remember it played AFI Fest. That was when it started to kind of build. But, yeah, and then we have. So, mm-hmm. after that, the, January the 19th, we have 12 Strong, which is a war movie about a bunch of soldiers that rode on horses. Uh, it's oh, yeah. Chris... I saw the trailer for that one. I went and re-saw last show. It's got Chris Hemsworth, Michael Pena, and almost an automatic ticket purchase for Michael Shannon. But Oh, Michael Shannon. You're overacting. But it, his overacting always works. It's unbelievable. I'm not going to say it always works because I disagree, but all it right. almost always works. Almost? You want to talk about always. bad January action movies. We've got Den of Thieves starring Gerard Butler, 50 Cent, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. <laughs> who is an actor I actually like. He was terrific and straight out of Compton. But it was... What? I remember when they announced he was going to play Ice Cube. We were like, really? You're just going to cast Ice Cube? OJ Simpson Jr.? What? That's not, like, that's taking away roles from actual actors, and it turns out he's actually good. So there's that. Okay. Yeah, he was terrific at Shredder. That's Um, a great movie. OJ Simpson Jr. Oh, well, you know. I mean, technically his dad is an actor, too, technically. (laughs) It's it's still weird whenever I watch a Buffalo Bills home game. They never took OJ's name off the Ring of Honor. So whenever they show all the retired numbers, you just see 32 O.J. Simpson. It's very Oh, weird. God. Oof, also that, that day, we have some movie awkward. called Forever My Girl. That just sounds hor- horrible. It sounds like a crappy January romance movie. Yep, I'm about to... Sounds like a movie yeah, I'll have to go watch with my mom. Just to see if it has anything relatively. I am it's, looking it's led up by Jessica right Roth, who was the lead in Happy Death Day. That... Apparently, that was actually pretty uh, good. I never saw it. Yeah, not horrendous. It wasn't complete garbage. I'm, I'm sure yeah. that it was... I heard. If, I'm, if the killer is who I'm thinking it was, then it was incredibly predictable. All right. January yeah. 26th, we've got Maze Runner The Death Cure, which has suddenly <laughs> been trending on Twitter all the time. What? Uh, <sighs> I need to believe this movie's going to make money, sadly. It will make a lot I... of money. Mm, I had to watch a second one today because we were off and my sister wanted to. It was on HBO. I was so just bored. Like it, just, it, it was just so boring watching it. I don't know. All right. Uh, the first With this one, franchise. So they both opened at about $30 million. The question of the, the first two Maze Runners. The first one made $102 million, The second one made 81 Question is, is that going to be enough to beat the rest of the month? Hmm. Let me check the Insidious franchises. Hold on. Because I think they've been decreased. They've been fairly strong, I think. Yeah. The last... Uh, chapter 3 did not do well, though. Yeah, but one, 1 and 2 did really checking. good. 1 did not do well I'm because checking. it was so new. 2 did well. The third one did not. Let me see the budget. I want to see what the okay. budget was. Very little. I'm checking Paddington. It made, like, somewhere around 260-ish. It's also uh, somewhat... We, we're just doing domestic. We're only doing domestic for these numbers. Okay, okay. Yeah, and City's last key had a $10 million budget. Which, uh, again, can work. Mm-hmm. I mean, Get Out was made for $5 million. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's a market. All right, but now it's time. We got to pick a, pick a box office winner. Well, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to go with Maze Runner. Uh, yeah, I'm between Maze Runner and That's... Uh, Insidious. I'll go with Maze Runner. Yeah, I've got it down to Maze Runner and Commuter, but I'm going to take Maze Runner. 
I just don't see Liam mm-hmm. Neeson action movies being that popular anymore. No. Mm, yeah, it's not that day and age. If you know the nineties, then there'll be a chance. I think. Is one of three? Dalton, what, what what are you officially going with here as your as your big box office movie for January? As much as I don't want to give it to these two movies, I think you're right in Days Runner Three or Insidious because those are the big ones people talk about. I, I as much as I don't want to because those are. I just don't think Insidious. Yeah, based on the numbers from Chapter Three, I don't think this movie's gonna do well. Yeah, it'll do well. I mean, I would like it for. Yeah, I would like it to go to Paddington too because I've heard good things about that actually. The first one, the but second one did not. The second one did not look good. Hugh Hugh Grant plays like like a mustache twirling villain in this movie. <laughs> yeah, oh Hugh Grant. He, he's like oh he, like Paddington's trying to escape a, a train, and he's on the top of the train, and Hugh Grant's following him, and he's like, "Come back, bear!" And it's it's wild. Oh God, wild. He has the bad villain accent. Yeah, Hugh Grant's going all in. It's great Ooh. and bad at the same time. All right, February. Uh, this movie got pushed back, so we won't talk about that yet. Oh, uh, are you talking not... about um... God Particle? Yeah, God. God I was going to say yeah, we'll talk about Cloverfield. That oh, that thing. Talk about it a little bit. I heard about that. Uh, we've got Winchester, the house that ghosts build. This is a horror movie starring Helen Mirren. So you've got me. Yep. That. Do I need to say anything else? Does anyone else need anything else? It's Helen Mirren. I'm down. I want, so I, I'll, I'll shout it out now because it will most definitely not be getting box office shout outs. That's for sure. Shout out. So shout out Helen Mirren for doing a horror movie that could actually be kind of dope. Shout Trailer out. did not look bad. Uh, let's see. February 9th, mm-hmm. we have Clint Eastwood's new movie, The 1517 to Paris. Uh, I saw the trailer for this. I have no idea whether this movie's going to be anywhere good or not. It's got Pam from The Office, though. So. Yeah, Pam from The Office. Ah. Yeah. Is that the one? Was that the love story that wasn't going anywhere and then it got somewhere? They had a kid? Jim and Pam. Is that the actress? Jim and yeah. Pam. It's a legend. Legends. And hopefully they at least she oh. comes back for this office revival that's happening. I doubt it because they moved to Texas, remember? Right. This is this is a sad thing. <sighs> Interesting. Let's see it works out. Yeah. I've seen The Office like seven but times. Yeah, I so, think. You know. yeah. There you go. The 1517 to Paris. I, again, I have no idea. It won't be that one. But, uh, it, won't, it won't be. For the life of me. It'll be okay, maybe. The, he cast the real-life mm-hmm. heroes that the story is about. So the he'll, he gets the authenticity factor, but I have no idea if they can act or not. And the answer is probably no. So I got nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have two oh, movies. Uh, two movies that are really stink. We could laugh at these. Peter Rabbit? Yeah. Oh, Peter Rabbit. Let's talk about Peter Rabbit. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> Have you seen the trailer for this movie? No. It's like a, it's like the nurse oh, meets Home Alone. No. Do you guys remember that crappy, that crappy Easter movie that came out like ten years ago? It was called Hop. Was that uh? Oh, my was God. it the Russell Crowe? Wasn't it? Than... No, it had the it had the rabbit that played drums. Yeah, Russell Brand voice. Yeah, the but it wasn't like a Russell Brand. That's it, not Russell Crowe. I got the Russells confused, but. I used to watch that movie all the time as a kid, and I watched it again. It's first of all, the, I don't even want I don't to know talk if you've about seen, it. Have you seen the poster for this Peter Rabbit movie? It looks bad. What, 
there's one. Well, first of all, there's a new one that looks way worse. Called that says Ra- Rascal uh, Rabbit Rabbit. I'm looking it up now. There's one Rascal Rabbit. Much funnier. Where Peter Rabbit is laying somewhat seductively on a bed of carrots with his shirt open, and it oh, says, uh, "Not your garden variety hero." There's another one. He's doing the same pose where he's lying somewhat oddly seductively. It's it's a really weird position for that. He's got a taste for adventure. He's got a taste for adventure with his shirt open. It sounds like some Deadpool style marketing. It is. <laughs> guess how much this. Guess how much this budget was. I One can't wait to hear this. What's the budget on this thing? Fifty million. <laughs> Hold on. Guess who some of the talent is. Yeah, I'm looking at right now. Let's go through Daisy Ridley, Margot Robbie, James Donald Corden. Smith, oh God. James Corden, Elizabeth Debicki, Rose, and Sia. Sam Neill. How do you? <laughs> Sam Neill's in this movie. Sam Neill. The nonsense. It really is true what they say that you you can get almost any actor to do voice work because Sia. this movie Sia is not an actress. No, <laughs> no, this is it's like in Ferdinand. I was watching it. There was a, a really bad trailer where like they was were so John unconfident Cena? in the movie where yeah, where John yeah, that's John Cena, Cena. Is, like talking in the trailer, like not not Ferdinand, but John Cena himself. He keeps popping up, and they're running through the. Through the voice cast, and one of the bulls is legitimately voiced by Peyton Manning, and I about died laughing. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Omaha! Omaha! Oh, what kind of. <laughs> that, that, if, if that wasn't a line in the movie, I would have been. I, if, if, he, if they did not allow That's Peyton thing. Manning to say Omaha in this movie, I, I'm done. I did not see that. That's a so. thing. But he was in that movie. That's a thing. And I hope he got the call like random, <sighs> just like as of as his character. Two forty-two. Peter Rabbit, though. No. Very bad. And let's, not... let's laugh more. Fifty Shades Freed. It will make a ton of money. Now the second one did not make anywhere close to as much as the first. One. It still made a lot. Wasn't it like? It was like three hundred, right, or something in that. So it ballpark. opened. It, so the first movie did open to 85. This is how embarrassing the first one was. Uh, how bad it was. Open to 85 million. So it should have done monster numbers, right? Only ended up at 166. Made less than the total of its opening weekend the rest of the way. Uh, I think Fifty Shades Darker oh made like 380, 381, something like that. Fifty Shades Darker domestically made 114 on a 46.6 million dollar opening. Well, I just meant. All together. God. Yeah, I, I, together. The first two movies gr- domestically did 280.6. No, I meant all together, like, like international, too, for darker. Right. Well, 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 for this, we're only doing the domestic mm. numbers. Ah. But yeah, it made almost $400 million worldwide. Yup. Jesus. How, where did this movie make its money for it? I'm, I'm going through the countries on Box Office Mojo. China. Made $21 million in Brazil. Made thirty million dollars in Germany, twenty four million in France. What the? Fifteen million in Italy. I'm a, I'm a fifty or fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Oh, okay. Made I was about almost to say, thirty million, million in the UK. Wow, I'm disappointed in my fellow Italians. What are you doing? <laughs> Watching crappy movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, this movie will. Well, he's on Sorry's over there. This movie will do stunningly well overseas, and it will not. It will not do particularly well domestically. I think people have caught on. Finally. I mean, I, we already know who the big winner of February is going to be. Correct. Peter Rabbit, of course. We're going to talk about. Do you want to save it for last? Yeah. All right. So we'll come it's back. The big one. So February 16th, there are three movies. We're going to talk about two right now, and then there's a third one we'll come back to at the end because there's also news to discuss. <laughs> um, we have a. Guys, we have a Jesus movie on February 16th. Another one? Yes, yeah, Samson. Another? It's a retelling of Samson and Delilah. So that movie will make no money. Is Samson right. the one with the hair? Yep. Okay. Jesus movie. Always great. Sounds so, like a movie I'm up to watch. Uh, then we have Ardman's next movie, and I really feel terrible for Ardman here, because I do like Ardman movies. This movie's going to get stomped. It's uh, called Early Man. And it basically appears to be cavemen versus white people in a soccer game to uh, keep the Stone Age going. That appears to be the movie. That's actually kind of funny. Hmm. I saw the trailer. It was surprising. Yeah. Isn't this with uh, Tom Hiddleston, right? Tom Hiddleston's in there. Eddie Redmayne, Maisie Williams. It's a black people in there. Uh, I mean, this sounds movie, promising. Yeah, I mean, it's actually a sports movie, which is which is wild. But wasn't I it like, by uh, the people who did Wallace and? Yeah, these are the Wallace Sorry. and Gromit people and the Chicken Run people. Oh, good. So good. I mean, it it could be promising. Which... It's just gonna get stomped by another movie coming out on yeah. February sixteenth that we'll come back to because mm. it's also gonna be very clearly the box office winner for the month. So it's not really yeah. This the box office nostalgia is not a contest. No. All right, March no sh- and February twenty third. We'll go with. There's a movie called The War with Grandpa, with Robert De Niro. I guess no. he's Grandpa. No, that that's that's gonna be bad. I just I can sense it already. Uh, Is a it a comedy based a, on the title? I'm assuming it's a bad comedy. A movie called Every Day also looks bad. All right. Uh, Game mm-hmm. Night, this is a, a comedy that also looks bad with uh, Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman. Actually looks bad. Is it, it, it's a, it's the dark comedy where like they're all trapped together and they have to play a game or something like yeah, that? Yeah, someone like, sets all... up a game, the guy, someone comes in and kidnaps the guy, they have to figure it out. Uh, oh, man, and then, this is a movie that apparently has not been doing well with test audiences. I'm actually very excited for this movie. Uh, it's called Annihilation. It's <sighs> the latest film from Alex Garland, uh, his, his first film since out since Ex Machina, which was one of my favorites a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrific film. It's a sci-fi starring Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Gina Rodriguez, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Oscar Isaac. That's an incredible cast, and I, I don't know. I've heard it hasn't necessarily been testing well, but I'm... Uh, uh, I, I still have hopes for it. I'm excited to see what Alex Garland brings to this. I've enjoyed the trailers. I, I this movie is a sci-fi that's going to make you think a little bit to go along. It's kind of like your action. It's it. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I didn't. No, but I it's just it's. Wrap it up. Yeah, you're fine. My bad. Uh, but I the trailer looks very interesting. It looks like it's going to be like in the same vein of Arrival, because this has like a deer in the forest type of thing, so it's probably very weird and very thinky. Yeah, which I'm good with. I, li- I like yeah. thinky sci-fi. So, uh, sometimes exactly. I like turn your brain off sci-fi, but I like sci-fi that makes you think a little bit. Arrival did that, Blade Runner 2049 did that, and they were both 
Arrival was my number two, I think, last year. I think it was your number years two. Ago. Yep. It ended up moving down later on. I saw Moonlight like a week after. But, and then Blade Runner also made my list So from last year. So Yeah. But I don't think this is going to be like another situation like Mother, which it also reminded me of. Like, I mean, it could be from a divisive I think the movie could be very divisive, but, you mm-hmm. know, if you could deliver a filmmaker's vision, that's, especially when I'm like Alex Garland, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. It looks interesting, at least. I'm excited. And it's, uh, it sounds, because I very much like the weird forest sci-fi type movies. Like, I really want to see another one of those. It's been a while since we've gotten, like, a good one of those, I think, that really a lot of people know about. That, people, that resonated with audiences. I think this yeah. could be it potentially. I'm, I'm, I know it might not do too well, but it's got a great cast, a great director. Alex Garland also wrote it, so he's a terrific screenwriter. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Should be, yeah, could be very good. And that brings us back. Quite. We'll go back a week now to February 16th for the clear box office champion of February 2018, and that is Black Panther. Yup. No contest. So we'll start with the news that dropped today about Black Panther. So we've been we've been discussing that news for for a minute here. We've been teasing it. Uh, they officially announced Marvel today. We've got Black Panther the album, music from and inspired by the movie. So it's a concept album, but some of these songs will find their way into the movie to be produced Fight by scenes. Kendrick Lamar and Top Dog Entertainment. I mean, I don't I don't care for Kendrick Lamar, but all right. I, I mean. Kendrick Lamar was handpicked here by Ryan Coogler. He knew he wanted music, and he's like, Kendrick's the king. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know it's going to be well implemented. I just, I'm not a Kendrick fan. Right. You have some of his more thoughtful stuff. I think you're getting a little bit more of his thoughtful stuff from the beginning, and also some of his commercial stuff from Damn, which is his latest album. Yeah. Uh, Humble and mm-hmm. DNA were two of the biggest songs of the year. And for good reason. They're both terrific songs. Yep. DNA I think Kendrick is going to do... the best beats I've heard, maybe ever. That beat is just unreal. I think Kendrick is voice, and the way he like writes his songs, and the way the voice songs are probably going to be, he's probably going to do really well with the way some action scenes might be placed with some of his songs, and the way some more heartfelt songs will probably feel in some heartfelt moments. I think it's really going to work well with, especially Kendrick and the whole production behind yeah. this like this film's probably going to be beloved by a lot of people there was really a uh, impact yeah there was a disney marketing officer who was uh who quote tweeted it and said boy wait till you see who kendrick's got on this album so i'm thinking we're gonna get some some fire features eminem he's gonna be on there oh god have i don't know if you've listened to the new eminem album it's awful it's truly awful not all of it is bad i will say that the problem is he gets other people to come in and bring good hooks mm-hmm. and then ruins them. There are so many wasted hooks on this album. Oh, God. That just... Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran brings uh, one of the best hooks on this album, and then Eminem opens his mouth, and it just kind of ruins it. And oh, I, we need old Eminem back is what we really need. Cause... He just needs, he needs <sighs> to be on drugs and be some shady again. And did either of you listen to the, the first single off this Black Panther album dropped today? Um, uh, all the stars, it's Kendrick and SZA. No. I have been, I, I have been watching Daredevil with my dad all day. It's not a big was, track. It's more of like a, like a R&B sort of singy track. But it really brings to mind kind of the colors and the land of Wakanda. And it, it works. It really works. I think it's, I think it's very heartfelt, the song. It's really sweet. Yeah, those are I two think. of the yeah some some sort of potential love interest song maybe later on, but it's a mm. uh, 
SZA and Kendrick are two of my favorite artists going right now. So it's see, getting them both on the track. And they're label mates, obviously. But, you know, they're two of the better artists out right now. And getting them together on this track and this soundtrack, it could be just terrific. I- I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I was already at like a 100 out of 10 excited for this movie. You could bump it up more now. Like 110 out of 10. This is... I have not done... I think next week we might talk about some... Since we don't really care about any of these January movies, our most anticipated movies of the year. This is certainly near the top of the list. Um, you can yes. probably figure out what mine is. Yeah, we, well, there are a few that are going to be... I think we're going to have very much... There's a few. I have been waiting... I, I will say this. Yes. I've been waiting 10 years for this movie. Actually, longer. I've been waiting 20 God. years for this movie. 20 years for this movie. All right. God, I just grew up with these movies. I'm very excited to see this movie. And I'm pretty sure you all know what we're talking about at this point. Probably. Right. But, at least I hope you do. Well, there are a couple. There are a couple that are very much important coming out next... Coming out this year. Like, I think... But... Yes, I think Black Panther is probably going to be the Wonder Woman of this year. I would say not only in terms of its importance, because obviously Wonder Woman is very important, Black Panther very important for other reasons, yet similar. Yeah. Like, I think, while Wonder Woman is not, like, the best film of last year, it, its, culture import, its cultural importance cannot be denied, I think. For, absolutely. Vastly important. Um, yes. And Ryan Coogler, I think, is going to knock this out of the park. Those first two trailers we've seen are incredible. The way he utilized the music in the trailer gives me hope for this album as well. An incredible mm-hmm. cast. That cast. I just awesome. hope they finish doing the CGI on the Black Panther suit. That's all I want. I would guess. I, I'm going to guess they'll have that. Because in the Marvel first, always has a, in the first trailer, it, it looks pretty, pretty bad, in my opinion. That was also very early. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. It was like a. May that last year, I think, right? They dropped that trailer. It was in June. It was in June. It was in June because it was during oh, yeah, the summer. Right. Yeah, because they dropped. Yeah, that I think we were during the NBA finals. Well, I remember because I think we dropped everything. There was the poster. Went to Jonah's house after that. <laughs> I I remember they were going to save. They were going to try to save the the trailer for Game Seven, and then the Warriors got out to a three zero lead, and Disney was like, "Crap, we got to just put this out." Yeah, like they were I think that was like. I think that was our graduation practice day, right? We talked about it? Potentially. I think. I don't think so. It might have been a little bit later. I don't know. But that was... But that... But yeah, they'll clean up the CGI. Uh, the cast is incredible. Uh, Ryan Coo- I literally... I was at the Disney only World. thing... The only thing, like, that makes me kind of like, oh, okay, is we already know the outcome of the movie now because of the trailer for Infinity War. Right. Well, somewhat. We know. Well, we know. We know Black Panther is alive that, uh, by the end. We know that Black Panther he... rallies the army and defeats the enemy because we saw him rallying the army in the Infinity War trailer, and then we saw everything that Zanagan uh, Aguirre from The Walking Dead. You know, she plays Michonne. Right. We and know that she lives in the movie. Infinity Stone there. And there has to be. I think an we also know that, like, there. We know now, that I don't too. know how much the Infinity Stone plays into the plot of this film, though. I Probably not much. Right. So like, it might be like a more after credits thing, where like they showcase the Soul right, Stone or something is, like the, that. This it's probably is probably not going to be like much less of a uh, a plot set up MCU movie than it is just getting the character in action. Like I don't think it's going to work in the way that Guardians of the Galaxy had the stone was the center point of the movie. Right. Like it's probably not going to be like that type of thing. No, I don't think you could do that with this movie. Yeah, um, I think he's going to really focus two, on the characters. The second Thor. God, Thor two, the second Thor, the second Thor. What a film! My <laughs> God, we said that together. I love how that happened. You could remember like three things God. about that movie. I remember it was the you second could... movie. 
Right. If you could remember like five actual things that happened in that movie, then the Aether, a Dark Elf. It had the four. Movie. Right, I remember. I remember like one scene, and like I could barely remember the villain's name. It's 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 that movie is just so forgettable on so many levels. But Malky or whatever. Now, but yeah, I don't know. Black Panther. Obviously, this is going to be the the big money maker for for February of two thousand eighteen. And possibly of March of 2018. We'll look ahead. But I think this movie's going to, much like Wonder Woman, I think it's going to have a long-lasting appeal. I think this movie's going to have legs. Because I think it's A, going to be terrific, and B, I think people are going to want to see it. Multiple times. I probably I mean, I, will. I don't know if you see... Yes. Right, I, I don't know if you... I probably will see this movie multiple times. Especially if I, I'm probably just subscribed to Movie Pass, and now I don't think you can see a movie twice with Movie with Movie Pass. But well, what you can Ooh. do is just go see one movie and then you know go into right. another showing for Black Panther. Right. I've also got another like. It's true. I've also for Christmas I got some like AMC passes, so I can use one You're of those them. maybe. But all right, Mark. So we're all uh, obviously we're all picking Black Panther to be the big money maker, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Probably. Probably going to be one of the big money makers of the year, too. All right. March 2018. A month that has, as I'm looking through it, it's stacked, and yet I'm not certain there's one big movie here. There's, like, one movie that really will... Pacific Rim and Ready Player One. There are a few, I think, really have a chance. Uh, so March second, not neither of these will. But what? so we have the Death Wish remake with Bruce Willis. This movie looks bad. Sorry, I don't even know I, what the original Death Wish is. To be honest, yeah, it's got I, Charles, I, got, I really don't know. Got Charles Bronson. I don't really. And then we've got this movie could be interesting. Red Sparrow, where Jennifer Lawrence plays a Soviet spy, could actually be cool. Whether She's a black widow, basically. Unknown. Right. Whether it will be cool or not is unknown, but she's reuniting with Frances Lawrence, her, her Hunger Games 2, 3, and 4 director. I think, which, I, I'm not going to blame 3 and 4 on him. I think he really did a great job with Catching Fire and the Mockingjay movies. He felt great the fact that they were two movies. It could look, I think it could so come out and be like an Atomic Blonde, something like that, I don't know. Because it's like... Atomic Blonde did okay. Like, it didn't do massive numbers. Yeah. Not right. It's, like, in that similar genre, I think. It, it'll probably do okay for its budget, I think. All right. I think definitely. March 9, we have Gringo, which is a comedy, a comedy starring David Oyelowo. Hey. I've got no clue. Gringo. Movie kids. I got nothing. Gringo. It's not going to be your big... I don't know what this movie's about. I don't think I've seen a trailer, and I'm... It's not going to be your big money maker for the month. So, won't even be the big money maker that weekend. No. We've got the Hurricane Heist. Uh, I always love a good heist movie, but this one looks like it's probably going to be bad. So there's that. Uh, Strangers Pray at Night. At long last, a sequel to The Strangers. Like seven years too late. Okay. I remember the original one. Honestly, okay. I do remember the original one. The first one is good. First one is an actually legitimately good horror movie. Yeah. And I have no idea whether this one will be. This is the third one, right? You Second said? one. They, like, Second, okay. They, they've been trying to get a, uh, a sequel off the ground for years, but relatively went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So they, like, at one moment it would be happening, the next it wouldn't. 
Is this being produced by Blumhouse? No, it's Averon is the the distributor. I don't know what else that's trying to trick it. They've only done one other movie. They did a movie last year called Kidnap with Halle Berry. Oh, I remember. I heard. I heard about that. Made like forty million. I, Thirty million. It could be. And I, I, this is gonna be a really low budget be, movie. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. It could potentially be okay. The first Strangers did not do incredibly well. It's a well-regarded movie, but it only made like 50 million bucks. So, And the, it came out in 2008, mm-hmm. so it'll have been 10 years since the first Strangers. Darn. Yeah. It could, uh, it's probably out of the pop, pop got, culture zeitgeist. Then we've got The Upside. Which is a remake of a French movie starring Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. Could be funny. I don't know. Kevin Hart's playing it a little bit more serious. It's still going to be funny, but he's playing it a little bit more serious here. So, we'll see what he can do. And then the movie I'm, one of the movies I'm most excited about next year, we have A Wrinkle in Time over from Disney. Ooh. Directed by Ava DuVernay. Massive ensemble cast that includes Oprah Winfrey, Reese Witherspoon, Mindy Kaling, Chris Pine, Zach Galifianakis, and Michael Pena, along with Storm Reid. You guys have any thoughts on Wrinkle in Time? Because I know I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I actually hated the original book because we read it in my sixth grade language arts class. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I remember bits and pieces of the book, though. It has been almost, oh my god, it's been, what, eight years like eight years now. Oh my god. Oh mm-hmm. my god, I'm so old. <laughs> old people problems. <laughs> no, <sighs> but uh, for real, I know my mom's excited to see it, so I might go take her to see it. Yeah. When, when's it come out? What day? March 9th. Oh, cool. I could go take her to see that for my birthday during spring right, break. Right around your birthday. Yep. Oh, that's good. So I know my mom's kind of mm-hmm. looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing this. I mean, I'm mostly in this for Ava DuVernay. Yeah. Yeah. Who I think is a terrific filmmaker. What else has she done? I'm looking forward. Her last movie was Selma. Selma, was that's right. Oh. I guess actually her last that's movie the, was yeah. she did a documentary for Netflix called Thirteenth that was nominated for an Oscar. But her last like feature film was her narrative feature film was Selma. Mm-hmm. I think Ava DuVernay. Great yeah, I think Ava DuVernay Yeah. Minus Oprah. I mean Oprah's probably gonna draw a lot of people. Oprah's actually a very good actress. Is she really? Yes. Hmm. The Purple Project, I've heard, is really good. Or The Purple Flower, I think, Color is the name purple. of it with Oprah. Color Purple. The Color Purple, that's the she word. She was nominated for an Oscar for that like many years ago. And she, she got buzzed for, to get a nomination potentially for The Butler um, a few years back, which she's very, a movie she's very good in. But. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm very excited for Wrinkle in Time, yeah. but... I'm a bit worried in the case of, like, I don't want it to come off, like, too big-budget weird. Trailers like, look really cool. Like, yeah, really they, cool. I think they look, yeah. Like, the, I think, I don't, though I don't want the general audience to get, like, too weird for the too weirdness, weirdness sake. Right. Which is why I'm worried for box office purposes, but I think it's going to be great, because you got Ava DuVernay for obvious reasons. Let's see, we've got, uh, and then the next week, March 16, we've got Love, Simon. This is uh, from... This is a gay romance movie. So it's like a teenage gay romance movie. It's from Greg Berlanti, I believe, the the CW master. If I'm not mistaken. Let me check on that again. 
It's got uh, it stars. Yeah, Greg Berlanti's directing. It's got Nick Robinson is playing the lead, and it's also got uh, Hannah Baker herself, Catherine Langford. Uh, Jennifer Garner's in it. Yeah, Jennifer Garner. Buster from Arrested Development is in this movie Hmm. for some reason. (gasps) Buster. I still need to watch that show. This movie is important, but it's not going to do well. Shout out to Arrested Development for coming this year. Yep. The next season. Shout out to Greg Berlanti for willing to take a shot on a movie like this. Shout out to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which will also be coming in the fall. Yeah. Game, oh. Game of Thrones mm. next year. Sad time. Do you want to talk about that news or no? Nah, that's like old news. Okay. It's news that we've all known but was only just confirmed today. Game of Thrones is coming back? Is that what we're talking about? In, Mar- in 2019, know. yeah. Okay. Now, this is a confusing then, one. Here we go. Also on March 16th, we have Tomb Raider. Where is the second trailer for this movie? I don't think we're getting one. If we're only getting the one, this movie's not going to do well. At all. going to tank. Uh, I'd say, ex- if, I'd if say ex- one. Super Bowl weekend. Potentially. I'd say it looks... Coming off of Justice League, Warner Brothers' margin of failure is, is not large. I say you're going to get one Super Bowl weekend along with most likely Infinity War. We'll get another one there. Infinity War. we get Ant-Man then probably? The margin of error here for for Warner Brothers is not large after Justice League, and they are now vastly screwing up this Tomb Raider thing. Yes. This marketing Mm -hmm. campaign is going nowhere fast. No. Have they had... Have they had any marketing other than that first trailer? I don't believe so. I've seen like a couple of posters and a trailer, and that's it. Not a TV spot. This movie's coming out in two months. Not a second trailer. Like, we're very close to this movie being a thing. Indeed. This movie is already a thing. It's in post production, so it's already a thing. Right, but it's like going to be out, and people can pay to see it. And no one's going to see it, probably, because, like, yeah. Like I said, Warner Brothers coming off just Justice League did not do anywhere close to the numbers they needed it to do. A movie about the Guardians of the Galaxy beat it at the box office, so there's take that little note in there. That's a th- and a Thor movie. And bad Thor bad movie. year for Warner Brothers. Oh my gosh! You know what? I ju- I'm sorry. This is this is bumping ahead to April, but you know what I just realized? What? Super Troopers Two is released on 420. Yes. 420. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, get we'll get to that. I remember that. That was like a big ad. I, I just realized movie. that. I haven't seen anything for the movie because I haven't seen we'll the original one. Yeah. The trailer is not like enticing. No, but still, that. On 420. Right. So, uh, March 23rd, we have four wide releases, and then I have one. There's one uh, limited release that definitely needs to be talked about that will end up going wide. But March 23rd. We have a romance here. This movie looks horrendous. Uh, called Midnight yeah. Sun. Oh it's God! I thought form. I thought you were talking about Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a romance. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> the romance film. No, this, <laughs> this movie has Bella Thorne and Patrick Schwarzenegger. So there's you don't even get me. You don't even get Arnold. You get my son instead. So you get oh, Schwarzenegger, you like but not the good one. Co- correct. That's yeah. right. Like Will Smith and Jada Smith. Jaden Smith. Yeah, this movie's gonna know. be terrible. Let's, let's all yeah. No one's seen this movie. Uh, we have Pacific Rim Uprising, probably the big movie that weekend. Now the first, 
the first Pacific Rim did not do particularly well domestically. It did very well in China, which got it a sequel. Go figure. Especially now that uh, Legendary is owned by a Chinese company. They're like, well, we got to make movies in China now. So, uh, I mean, I'll give it a shot. It's uh, Stephen DeKnight is directing these. The uh, showrunner of Daredevil Season 1. God, what a season the show. Established on this pod, we very much loved. God, what a show. I think... I just finished 30 Rock. I think I'm going to probably watch Legion next, but I think it's Legion or Daredevil that's up there for... I've been watching Black Mirror, by the way. Go watch it if you haven't. It is... Modern day Twilight Zone. Yeah, very much so. USS Mm -hmm. Callister this season might be... And Black Museum are the two best this season, in my opinion. USS Callister and Black Museum. Both of them. Awesome. Uh... Mm-hmm. But now this is Stephen Knight's directing, Guillermo del Toro with the story credit, and Zach Penn wrote it. It's got John Boyega's your lead, Scott Eastwood is pr- your co-lead, Rinko Kikuchi is back, Charlie Day is back, news there for TJ. And for all of them. What'd you just say? I, I missed it. Charlie Day is back for this movie. <sighs> Pacific Rim 2. Dayman is arriving. Dayman! Ah! Fighter of the Night, man. Ah! Ah! Champion of the... Alright, cool. You. I'm in. I'm gonna go watch this movie now. Just because of Charlie Day. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Everyone. It's, <laughs> it's like show. one of my favorite shows that's on TV now. But yeah, go watch Pacific it. Rim Uprising. It, uh, I have no idea if this movie's gonna do, like, big numbers. It probably won't, but... Not domestically. Definitely a movie, like, with a movie pass. If you have movie pass, like, go. For sure. All right, we get to it now. Sherlock Gnomes. This movie looks horrendous, offensive, and appalling. I saw the trailer for this before Coco. There's a a part where, like, a gnome falls off a perch into mud and then starts farting for, like, 30 consecutive seconds. It's a whole 30-second fart joke. Like, one of the longest, most unnecessary fart jokes ever placed in a trailer. I think there's about 10 jokes involved with butt-shaking in this trailer, so... Yeah. It looks very bad. Is that uh, Also, further proving the theory, any good actor will do voice work for anything. Because Johnny Depp, James McAvoy, and Emily Blunt are, are your three stars here. Ugh, poor James McAvoy. Why, what are you doing? And what Emily Blunt. Johnny Depp, I, Johnny Depp, we can banish him to these types of movies. But it'd be great if we could. Mm. Yeah. But just, like, are you serious? This is a movie. Who is that? Why is there a sequel to this? Who, who was asking for a Romeo and Juliet sequel? The Disney, first one was not that Disney good. Disney thought so little of this franchise, it moved studios. It moved from Disney to Paramount. Wait, Disney did the first one? Disney had made the first one and then got rid of the franchise because like, well, this is trash. And now it's a Paramount. Well, they're pretty right. Correct. Why? This is going to be horrific. Why make a sequel? However, let's, let's, let's bounce back here. Uh, the other movie from Bleecker Street, this is exciting, uh, is Unsane. This is a, a movie, a surprise movie from Steven Soderbergh, which makes everything better. Starring Claire Foy, mm-hmm. Juno Temple, and Jay Farrow, shot entirely on an iPhone. Cool that sounds like the first uh, Paranormal Activity movie. Yeah, but it's, which, it's, it's, it also it's Soderbergh. Like that. And iPhone cameras are such a high quality now, you can make movies of them. Like Sean Baker, who directed Florida Project, made his what first movie. 
with the... We're still doing the podcast. How long is a podcast? <laughs> it depends on the podcast, a lady. Shout out. Shout out. Then that was that. That was that. Guys, this, this is such high-quality stuff we have going on here. Can't you just tell? Yeah. Definitely. No, God. iPhones you can make high-quality stuff with now. And Steven Soderbergh, I, I just, yes. Logan Lucky was terrific. It was really great. That was his last film. I didn't see it. Was yeah, that about that. Uh, no, that was just his last movie. This is an iPhone movie. Oh. Insane. Yeah, and then uh, in Jim limited Bondin, release... In limited release that week and probably expanding later, a movie I cannot wait to see. Ladies and gentlemen, Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs. God, that looks so fun and really interesting. He goes back to the stop motion format that he utilized for Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, once again, gets every famous person on the planet into one of his movies. It's truly unbelievable. Uh, your your like two main leads here are Brian Cranston and Jeff Goldblum, which excites me to no end. God, Bill Murray just... also in the movie, so very important. That's Wes Anderson. It's animated and it has Brian Cranston, Jeff Goldblum, and Bill Murray. It's probably good. Probably going to be good. Yeah, probably. I'm all in on this movie. It's Wes Anderson. I. I just rewatched Fantastic Mr. Fox last week. Love that movie. That film is so good. Love that movie. TJ, did you like that movie? Uh, yes. I think I did. Okay. I'm trying to think. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I like that movie. Yes? Yeah. I was trying to think. (laughs) And I'd say Wes Anderson is also probably coming off his best film in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes. So... There's mm-hmm. that. Uh, we've that got the, the next week, ladies and gentlemen, we have two, not one, but two Jesus movies. <laughs> Mary Magdalene. Yeah, uh, no, that's, well, that's all. Like, I guess if you count Mary Magdalene, we have three Jesus movies. Mary Magdalene is a character from the Bible, so it is a Jesus movie. Well, yeah, I, well that was a limited release. Mm-hmm. It's still a movie that is yeah, getting released. Rudy Mara, Joaquin Phoenix, Chuitelegia for This was actually one they were maybe talking about running for an, pushing for an Oscar, and then the Weinstein thing happened. We've also got yeah. Paul, Apostle of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And, and God's Not what? Dead, A Light in Darkness. I think we're on the fourth one of these movies now. They're making another one of those? Oh, no, this is the third God's Not Dead. I'm very sorry. So the first one did very well. It made like sixty billion. It only opened at like nine million, and then it expanded. And the church people kept spreading the gospel of it and made a ton of money. The second one did not come close. Mm-hmm. It made like twenty-one million dollars. It made much less money mm-hmm. on a budget of probably like five dollars, mm-hmm. though. So there's that. And they got political with the second one. So you know, well, we can't do that with our Jesus movies. Audience. That's the magic. That that is the power of Christ. That's right. The power We've of Christ compels these movies. Hallelujah. People do see these movies. It's unreal. The power of Christ compels these movies. Yeah. Uh, we've I got have to watch these movies. This movie looks much more exciting. This is not a Jesus movie. Uh, I, this is... Uh, 
basically like a like a cheating revenge movie starring Taraji. It's a new Tyler Perry movie. It's a cheating revenge film. A faithful wife, tired of standing by her husband, is enraged and becomes clear she's been betrayed. And it's basically going to be Taraji P. Henson going wild. So I'll take it. <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah, that, really, that sounds it's, fun. It's, this movie is only exists for Taraji P. Henson. That's the only reason anyone would want to see this movie. Yes. After having... <sighs> and then a film we've talked about before on the podcast, we have Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. Yeah. That's that's probably gonna be the money maker of the year or of the month. It's gonna be very close. I'm looking back through. I, I have it down, but it's between, yeah. between that and a wrinkle in time. I think. Yep, those are the two I narrowed it down to. Mm. Those are the two I'd... I. I'm gonna take Ready I don't Player give... One. I just think Ready Player One. I think that has too much nostalgia bigger. going for it for it to not be that. Like it has the freaking Iron Giant in it. It's also got weaker yeah. competition. Like. Yeah, exactly. Wrinkle in Time actually has like a like a, a comedy with a, a Kevin Hart movie and a horror movie. Ready Player uh, One is opening against a Tyler Perry movie and two Jesus movies. <laughs> now watch. Probably we'll gonna inevitably screw this probably. up. Uh, guys, we head into the final month of the episode. All right. Yeah. April, perfect. April 6th. We have Blockers. Four. This movie looks horrible. Oh, God. by the way, hold on. Wait, there was one. I think back in March, there was like an untitled A24 horror movie uh, in March 16th, same day as Tomb Raider. I didn't talk about it, but maybe that's the movie Slice. It's about like a pizza delivery guy that gets murdered. And the pizza delivery guy is played by Chance the Rapper and Joe Keery, a.k.a. Steve Harrington, has to solve the murder, I believe. <gasps> that's a movie, so that's exciting. That exists. I'm dead. Uh, okay. So yeah, Block- um, blockers looks terrible. And that's the one with like the chicken over the word blockers yeah, poster, which is actually obviously just meant to say cut blockers, but yeah, maybe, looks yeah. very bad. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, blockers looks- haven't even yeah, heard I of did, it. I did not laugh once in that trailer. Uh, Chappaquiddick. I heard very good things about this movie, and at from Toronto, Jason Clark plays Teddy Kennedy. Uh, he also got Kate Mara. Ed Helms, Bruce Dern. I heard very good things about it, so I'm, I'm excited to see it. It's supposed to be very good, and it could have played the Oscar race, but they, it got picked up a little bit too late. And then we've also got a movie I'm actually excited to see. We have A Quiet Place, which is a new horror movie from John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Looks terrific. Looks really, heard about that. really effective. That, that looks very interesting. I think... Audiences are really going to dig that movie. Like, uh, Don't Breathe. It's in that... Yeah. I think it's going to take off like Don't Breathe did, possibly. There's a chance, I think. Yeah. It's also got cute in the office, so that helps it. Yeah. Uh, uh, this trailer really worked for me. It's rare that mm-hmm. you see a horror movie that actually has a trailer that works anymore. That trailer just worked for me. Yeah, I, w- I watched uh, this trailer with, actually, The Last Jedi, and I think the whole theater was just, like... In awe of the trailer. It was buzzing like, a little bit. Yeah, I had the same experience. Yeah. God, that trailer is very, very interesting. And I'm before. very interested to see. All right, we've got go next, uh, the next week, April 20, April 13, probably going to be the big box office winner. We have New Mutants over at Fox. This is a yep. an X-Men horror movie. Yes. This is X-Men if it were made by Blumhouse. Yep. Sounds good. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. Sounds good. Yeah. 
Interesting right. times. Josh Boone is a solid filmmaker. I'll give it a shot. And cast is good. Mm-hmm. He did assemble a nice ensemble cast. I know Rosario Dawson was going to do this movie. She had to drop out. Uh, so Alice Braga took her place. And she's also terrific. She's all- That's the one from Stranger Things in it, so... Yeah. It does have Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things. Charlie too. Heaton, Maisie Williams, Anya Taylor-Joy. Good cast. Good cast. Didn't he do um, Fault in Our Stars? Josh Boone? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the Fault in Our Stars guy. Yes. That's what I know. Uh, March 20? Yeah, April 20, I should say. 420. Blaze it, everyone. Yeah. Uh, we have a, re- <laughs> a remake of the Goldie Hawn classic Overboard. I watched this trailer. This movie looks bad. Not surprised. The Anna mm-hmm. Faris and Eva Longoria looks looks unfunny. Can't say I'm stunned. Uh, we have Tully, which is a comedy with Charlize Theron and Mark Duplass. It's a Jason Reitman film. Okay, I'd probably move that back, mm. especially because there's another comedy on the day. We have Super Troopers Two. Four twenty. Blazing it on Blaze four twenty. It's actually meant to be blazing it on 420, which is why it's funny. No, it, it's perfect on that day. I think they did yeah. that on purpose. They did, very much so. That was like the first ad they put out. Classic. It, I mean, the first movie actually, which... was a classic. Whether this movie will be as funny, I don't know. But I finally reached 420 followers on Twitter, so I was probably debating sending out that blaze it, 420 blaze followers. It. I have to blaze it, I think. <sighs> We've also got uh, Rampage. Which is the rock versus a giant oh, gorilla, a giant crocodile, and a giant wolf. So, count me in. <laughs> Oscar-winning movie. I think I'm going to have to... The rock versus God, giant creatures movie. is just an automatic dub. That's what it is. It's going to make money. It's going to make so much yep. money. You've also got Naomi yep. Harris, who is was coming off a... She took this movie coming off an Oscar nomination, which is insane. And uh, Negan himself, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So. Love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. God. Probably I'm the so, be- easily I'm the best sold thing just for him, has. honestly. Yeah. Best thing The Walking Dead has going for. Uh, I, I disagree. Uh, Melissa McBride, who plays Carol. Oh, true. She's very good. There's and also Andrew Lincoln as Rick. Pretty great. Yeah. Not, maybe who knows? Who knows? And then also just moved to 420 now. We've got the untitled Cloverfield sequel, formerly known as God Particle. Uh, the cast for this movie is insane. Like, a really incredible cast. Who is going, or when are they going to reveal, like, the actual title for that movie? I assume they're going to play it like they did with uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane about two months out. I wouldn't be surprised to see a trailer for this movie in front of Black Panther. All right. I could see that happening, because I think... So I remember 13 Hours came out, and suddenly they just there was like a surprise trailer. All of a sudden, I said, Twitter was blown up, like, oh my god, I just got out of 13 Hours, and there's a trailer for a Cloverfield movie. A Cloverfield movie that's coming out in two months. Set Twitter on a blaze. Because and, it's 420. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I very much enjoyed well. it. <laughs> so it set, it set Twitter ablaze. <laughs> Get it? Uh, I'm depressed. By the way, John Goodman in Ten Cloverfield Lane is a vastly uh-huh. underrated performance. But oh, I don't think it was underrated. I think everybody gave him like the best. Yeah, I just, I don't think it got enough attention award season wise. Though I thought that mm-hmm. was supporting actor nomination worthy work from him. Yeah, it was pretty great. He's never been nominated. That was 2014, right? Which is insane to me. 
the second one that was 2014, right? The Cloverfield movie. Uh, oh, last one. Last year. It was yeah. That was that was like 2016, I think. And Dark Particle wow. comes out next year. Comes out not next year. Three months from now. No no marketing yet on purpose. But that has David Oyelowo, Gugu Mbatha Raw, Daniel Bruhl, Elizabeth Debicki. It's kind of a phenomenal Ooh. cast. Dang, that's a cast. That is a cast. Uh, very low budget as well. And then lastly, uh, April 27, we have Traffic, which is a thriller with Omar Epps and Paula Patton. It's one of those movies, guys. So just And you sub Omar Epps in for Boris Chestnut. You have your standard, like, you get one in April. April you, you get one, one every single year. It's it's like the relationship, yeah. the relationship horror movie. Yeah, and it's almost there's one you get it twice a year, and you know I, this is not stereotypical. It's usually got like an African American ensemble cast, and it's the same rotating mm-hmm. few actors. Like you get Paula Patton, uh, Morris Chestnut, like a, just a few guys you just keep swapping in and out. And then a Blumhouse movie called Truth or Dare, which is obviously based on a Truth or Dare game. Uh, the big winner for April for yeah. me is easily going to be New Mutants. It's either going to be New Mutants or um, Rampage, or I Rampage. think, is the other but one. Those two. I think New Mutants. Thing. I think just having the Marvel logo attached to New Mutants will make it some money. Well, I mean, they Rampage can slap that Marvel logo on it now since oh, Disney owns it. Rampage opening around like fifty yeah. million. If if New Mutants can open plus, I think. 50. Plus, I think like the thing that I think has gotten through Dwayne the Rock Johnson's box office immunity is Baywatch. That movie, I think, I, I think I remember it. Didn't it tank? It did not do well, but no so one I think cared a about movie. a Baywatch movie. And then at the same time, Jumanji is doing really well. Because it's actually a good movie, I think. It's, but it's, it's all going to depend on the reviews, I think. I've not seen it. But... I have not I... had time to see it. So, are we all Maybe I will go so see it fun. this weekend, considering yeah. I am now leaving on Sunday instead of Saturday. So what are you weather. guys officially picking? I'm going New Mutants. I'll go New Mutants. New Mutants and Rampage at second, I think, yep. are the ones. All right, and then for the first fourth pick and overall winner for the first four months, I'll take Black Panther. Yep. Is it any, yes. any competition? Not really. <laughs> no. All right, guys. So that's gonna do. It. That was a, a long pod, a fun one. Almost two hours. Almost two hours. Very fun one. Mm-hmm. And two hour pods are fun. Oh, that's good. It, it felt like a, a good conversation. It was and a good conversation. We're gonna do, we'll do something again to do in April for all the month movies from May through August, and that will get us through the whole summer. Yeah, yeah. All of uh, our Infinity Wars, our solos, our big. Our Deadpool's, our Uncle Drew's, a movie that Deadpool only I will team. talk about for about five minutes, probably. It's gonna be great. Very excited for the Uncle Drew talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll do, right before Uncle Drew comes out, we'll do a Space Jam discussion. How about that? It sounds that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> it's your chance. It's your chance. This the last time I remember, like an, I can remember like Very an good. NBA player, like in his prime, really going for it in a movie like that. Is that still happening with Sheila Green, or is that like uh, in development hell? I'm not sure. Space Jam Two. It's yes. it's still in development. Justin Lin's trying to crack a script right now. Uh, but that's gonna wrap it up, guys. Uh, Dalton, where can the good people at home find you online? Well, at home, I'm at Willow Springs, North Carolina, <laughs> and on Twitter, you can. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at Dalton Wait, is it Willow w. Springs or Willow Spring? 
Uh, springs. I don't know why we say springs. Because doesn't doesn't isn't it's, it just spring instead of springs? I think it's Willow Springs, but I think there's a neighborhood called Willow Spring. I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't know. But All I know is that Willow Twitter. Springs is like. <laughs> but you're on Twitter at Dalton W. Yep, D A L L T O N W. Keep that in mind, folks. Don't worry. Don't if you're the scared of It's a comment. Everybody does. All right, we've also got TJ Blankenship. Where can the good people at home find you online? I am on Twitter at the TJ Blank. Boom. Let's keep That's it simple. I, uh, I changed it because it was very weird, so I changed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I, you changed it a while ago when I was. <laughs> I did. Yeah. What was, was it before? Like, oh, that's a much better. I don't, I don't remember because I tried everything and everything was taken. So I was just like, all right, Twitter, what's recommended? And I clicked it and it was that for the longest time. It was, at, it was like, I think, wasn't it like at T T J blank? Something like, like that. Yeah. For some reason. Yep. That was me. I was, I was trying to figure out a PS4 share name yesterday. It took forever. It took me like a good 30 minutes to figure, figure out, out a game tag. Yep. And you guys can find me, Dominic Ferrar, the editor in chief of films with Ferrar.wordpress.com. Yeah, on Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> at Dom for our five. You can f- find our writing whenever we decide to write, because we're college students and we don't have time for these things. At Films with Ferrari. But, so we somehow decided mm-hmm. that we had time mm-hmm. to do a podcast every single week. Well, it's, it's much easier oh, to do a podcast than to write a bunch of articles. Plus, like, I think like you get... Talk for an hour a week. I think you can... much, that's better, and you can still get your content out. Yep. I, I mean, think you also get more out of a podcast. Anyway, so yeah. whatever. But once again, on Twitter and on Instagram at DomFerraro5. You can find our writing at filmswithferraro.wordpress.com. You can follow the site and this podcast. So if we, whenever we do post an article, you'll get it on these platforms, and you'll also get some podcast stuff coming up soon. We might maybe a Google form for most anticipated next week. Ooh. 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 Write us in, Ooh. write us in, baby. <laughs> on Twitter and Facebook, uh, so Twitter is at Film with Ferrara because of the character limit, and on Facebook, Films with Ferrara. Guys, with an S. You know, you've got. I know we got mm. the bomb cyclone yes. going on here. Go to the movies this weekend. It's it's a good way to spend some time indoors. Go see go see something. And Avoid the cold. Be safe on the. Avoid the cold, and everyone. Be... Be safe on the roads out there, guys. Be safe on also. the roads and enjoy the movies. <laughs> <laughs>